Welcome back to Digineer Presents Organizational Change in Today's World, a multi-part series to help ground organizational change experiences amidst the immediate and chaotic change that we are all facing. Today, we're wrapping up our series, talking about organizational change and how we accelerate our change opportunities. Here with me today are Carol Fletcher and Gus Broman, senior management consultants at Digineer who have been instrumental in helping their clients implement large organizational change. So just to recap a little bit, welcome. Uh, In episode one, we dove into how we react and respond to disruptive and chaotic change. From here, we discussed ways to redirect our approach to reflect the new realities we're facing. And in our last episode, we worked through how to rebound into the future, which started us on the hopeful path of improvement in these chaotic times. Today, we're diving into how to accelerate on the new opportunities that have presented themselves. So moving from reactive to proactive. And so Carol, I would love, as a resident expert of these four stages, if you can bring us up to speed on the basic concepts surrounding this fourth and final stage of accelerating on these opportunities. Sure. Thank you, Shannon. Um, When we're looking at accelerating opportunities, I think what we've all kind of discovered, especially throughout the COVID crisis, that things are changing. There is not necessarily a going back to the way things always were. However, I think it's also um, driven opportunities for conversations around what the future looks like. And beyond just what our near-term future looks like, you know, we, we are all still very focused on getting vaccinations and, and herd immunity and things like that. But this is looking beyond even that near-term vision that many of us have. And that is, how do we create partnerships maybe with new groups, new people, um, new uh, companies that could be partners? How are we looking at new products to really... Um, move us into the future and accelerate. I think so many organizations today are looking at how do we make up a little bit for lost time with COVID? How do we kind of accelerate what we're doing? How do we not only help our organization rebound, but society in general rebound as well? And so I think when we look at accelerating opportunities from that perspective, it really opens up to uh, the world basically to a new opportunity for all of us. Right. And it's not just about, you know, sitting there and and with what you have, but you're actively looking into the future, into that hopeful acceleration that, wow, we've just gone through a massive change that actually has changed a few things, as we've seen. And now we can actually build upon that and accelerate towards these cool opportunities that are emerging. You know, Shannon, uh, this is Gus. I... 
I think about in my personal life, if you're going to make a change, think about if you're going to move into a different house. Rarely do you say, I'm going to live in both houses for the next three months. Think about if you're going to switch banks. Rarely do you say, I'm going to bank at two different banks for the next three months. When it's talking about accelerating opportunities, what you want to do is you want to jump that river and make that change as quick as possible. And it might seem counterintuitive, but the quicker you make that change to that new bank, then you'll know which direct bill pays failed and then you can tweak it. The sooner you say, okay, we're going to move on Wednesday and be in our new house, it actually reduces the stress and it also makes it so you don't have to operationalize two different existence. So take that, the personal examples of a bank and of a housing, move that to a corporate environment. I had the opportunity to change shipping providers at a large uh, medical device company. And all of a sudden, one of the shipping providers was going to increase their charges seven times. And so we needed to get 7,000 envelopes that um, back from the customers. So we made that change. The entire organization was all in for two weeks and said, we need to save $7 million a month by getting those envelopes back. And that project was far more successful than these projects that they, they try to have a foot in both world. Imagine if you tried to switch from like um, Outlook Mail to Gmail and you kept both systems running for three months. So when we're talking about accelerating opportunities, that is a benefit. If you can just be in that tumultuous change for a while, jump the river and get on that other side of land. And Gus, Ooh, Gus, I love those. Sorry, <laughs> Gus brings up a really good point too. Is you can't be holding on to the past and accelerate opportunities into the future. It's really hard. I mean, there are certain things that we need to stay fairly stable in our lives to be able to accept change. But when we hold on to everything must return to the way it used to be two years ago, you're going to really have a hard time looking for opportunities that are presenting themselves today. When we live in the past, we can't accelerate those opportunities into the future. Well, and let's be honest, that that past doesn't really even exist in the same way anymore. Right. There, there is no other bank or land or house to jump back to. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so after we have seen the world react, respond, redirect, and rebound, I'm curious to hear about what acceleration opportunities you're seeing within your clients and within the change world. I think we're seeing opportunities to connect with people differently. We've so much defined our interpersonal reactions as face-to-face -face in many organizations who have not really explored working better, maybe even from branch to branch which in, within their own organization or location to location within their own organization or even country to country. And we've seen struggles in the past that have really kind of held a lot of organizations back from expanding the way they would like to or the way that they had maybe even planned to. And I think that 
what we're seeing now is that people are finding a lot more comfort in making connections when you might not have met face-to-face in the same office sitting together, and that they're able to develop relationships and connections and networks that way where we've been challenged to do that in the past. So I think that's one unique opportunity that I think we're seeing as as teams and groups move forward, that there's a little bit of a a maturity going on in communicating when you're not face-to-face, which I think is pretty exciting because that really does open the doors to the entire world for many companies. One of the things uh, another is we think about react, respond, redirect, and rebound. At Digineer as a company, what we're seeing is all of a sudden we got put into this remote work environment. And now there's two or three, sometimes four collaboration tools at different organizations. And there's pros and cons to each of them. But what we're seeing as an organization is organizations aren't saying, we're going to be committed to Teams. We're going to be committed to Zoom. And so in one organization, I have four different collaboration tools on my desktop. And each one responds a little bit differently. There's different things. And so there really is an opportunity there to do not just a Zoom call or how are we going to store our files? How can we collaborate better? So there's a great opportunity right there that we're seeing with our clients for collaboration tools. Isn't that true, though? Because you're right. We This hit us, and then we grabbed onto a bunch of tools and processes to just try to handle it. Then we improved upon it a little bit. We rebounded a little bit. We redirected to the reality we were seeing. And now we're taking that... Um, like Carol, you said, that more mature look. (laughs) What are the things we actually want to carry forward with and accelerate on and improve on? So very cool. You know, building upon what you were talking about, Carol, in your introduction, what new partnerships or products or services are companies accelerating on or building on? What are the impacts or even the projected outcomes of those? I think a lot of companies are kind of taking a page out of marketing um, their kind of playbook in really trying to get to know their customer better in a virtual world. So customer relationship management tools or CRM tools are accelerating right now because it helps those who might be able to be face-to-face with a customer or a patient or a client Um stay connected to those who maybe are working remote and helping them better understand the client as well and keeping those lines of communication open around um, how do we understand our client, how do we meet their needs, how do we become a partner to them and not just a, a service that they're using. And so I think we're seeing a little bit of that accelerating in arenas that are not just marketing based or sales based. And that to me is very very exciting to be able to go to um, a store or a clinic or a pharmacy and no matter what branch I'm at uh, within that you know group they understand where I'm coming from they know the things that I need to to convey or I felt I needed to convey every time I went for a visit to me that's really interesting and exciting to see as we're growing these types of services how much more connected people feel back to their service providers or their partners what about you Gus I mean what what I'm seeing is is that people are 
You know, back to the jumping the river approach. I think the one client that I had in the retail space, they had seven different point of sale systems. And they would say, okay, how much do we do in sales? It was like a corporate Rube Goldberg project just to figure out what did we do in sales last month? Because you had to bring all the files in, massage them and do that. And so when it came and, and, you know, merge all the files and say, this is what we did in sales. It was like a half day project for someone. And so once the organization painted what that future was going to be, they went all in to say, let's change as fast as possible. Because as consultants, what I see is, is if we come into an organization, we're full time on a project, the quicker you can get that project done, the quicker you can go away and the costs are less. So let's say if you were going to switch point of sale systems. It would be one cost to try to transition in over a year. It's a much smaller cost if you can just pay to jump that river in one month or three months. And so I think people are beginning to understand what the operational cost is if they don't complete the change. It used to be that we had to compel people. I remember Carol and I would sit for hours Try to explain to customers how change management is important. Now we don't have to explain it. Now it's just how quick can we get through this change and jump the river. It's it's way better to be an OCM consultant in 2021 than it was in 2018. I'll tell you that. That's very true. I also feel like many uh, managers are looking at consulting companies to say, how have you been able to manage people who are not sitting in your office 40 hours a week or more? Um, and so I think we've seen even management consulting as a whole, as well as change management, kind of expanding because it's, it's tough if you're used to being able to walk around the office and check in with your people and make sure they're doing okay or connect with them and make sure that, you know, they don't have a sick dog or a sick kid at home or, or things like that. When you turn into very remote work now, it's, you know, managers think, well, it's up to the employee to reach out to me, but many of them aren't comfortable with it or don't even understand that they can. And so managers are even coming out and saying, hey, how do you help us work better in a remote situation? How can you help us better understand what our own team needs that we can address that from a remote perspective versus waiting until something in their life explodes and then it impacts their work. And so it's been really interesting to see it changing um, from from so many different aspects. But when you really get down to it, it's really about the people side of change. So Gus wins the gold star for mentioning Rube Goldberg. I just have to say <laughs> that he's my daughter's favorite inventor, and she builds Rube Goldberg machines to our house's demise all the time. <laughs> if you don't know who that is, please Google it, look it up. It's amazing. Um, and the other piece is that I completely agree with you. This This whole experience has brought forth humanity in this has brought forth the importance of carrying people through change and making sure they don't burn out on, in the process. I would also say that one of the services that is just becoming so apparent is the need for organizational change constructs and tools and methodologies 
because everything now, whether it's uh, you know de-escalating to a, to stabilize a process that came out or a system, or whether it's to look at seven different systems and figure out the right one, or whether it is to accelerate on one of those opportunities, organizational change helps to carry the systems, the organization, the people along with that and making sure that those desired outcomes are achieved. So I think organizational change as a service is becoming (laughs) a a top demand. Yes. (laughs) So one final question here, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. But in your work as an organizational change management consultant at Digineer, what is one game-changing thing that you wish you could implement today in your engagement with your clients that would just make all the difference for them? I'll go first. You know, I, I, uh, in being an OCM, you interact a lot with the executives. And the executives don't know every nit and nat of the organization where the people on the project teams they're, they know it to the 11th decimal point. And I hear so many executives to say, you're empowered to make the decision. You're empowered to make the decision. And people just don't have that confidence to make the decision. I was interacting with one executive and he says, everyone walks around like they're going to get fired um, if they make the wrong decision. I want to fire people for not making decisions. He's like, I can't change it from the top down. I need people to help do it because they know more of the details than I do. So I wish organizations would not only empower people to make decisions at the lowest possible lever, uh, level, but um, I mean, this sounds rude, but almost punish people for those who aren't making decisions at the lowest possible level. Because they want the executives to make all the decisions, and they don't have all the data. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is a lot of what David and I are executing on right now, which is creating these safe spaces for people to exercise those muscles and make that stronger. Meaning, oh, what happens if I do try this process out and it does fail? Well, we're in a safe space where it's not going to tank the entire system and you're not going to get penalized for it. You're actually going to get rewarded for the actions of trying something new. And instead of, no, we're going to throw that entire process out, we're going to look at that and go, what did work? Carry that forward, tweak, move, tweak, move into more of that agile stuff you know, style of a release. Um, But I I do agree with you that culture piece and helping organizations actually live out and act upon their wants for the disbursement of power. That's huge. It's doable. Takes time, but it is absolutely impactful. And so many organizations say, I want my teams to have a consultant mindset. And that's a huge part of having a consultant mindset. It really, truly is, is not having that fear factor of making decisions or of trying something new or of saying, hey, we've never tried this before. You know, I read about it in an article about another company doing what what would that do here? I have always said it's really not always about the decisions you make. It's what you make of your decisions. And that to me means 
I can make a decision, find out it's wrong and course correct or fix it or try something else. And the people who are not afraid to do that are really the ones that are going to be accelerating those opportunities into the future because they're not afraid to stick their neck out. They're not afraid to say, hey, we haven't tried this before. What about this? Um, so I think I agree with Gus. I think that's really one of those um, game changing kind of things that I would love to see all organizations embrace. If you were to ask me, I would also add in, and this doesn't even exist, but I would add in a virtual water cooler. I so miss those conversations. I wish that when I got up from my desk at my office at home and I walked past my dining room, there were six coworkers there that I could just chat with. So much of that has to be scheduled now. And I think that becomes a big challenge for people. And we lose out on a lot of what's going on on projects, on efforts, on daily work, even personally with people. And it's kind of making us feel a little bit more distant from each other. And those who are staying connected, uh, I give you guys kudos. I mean, I'll give take all of Shannon's gold stars and give them to you guys. Because if you're making the effort <laughs> to stay connected, to have a coffee or do a happy hour or eat lunch with somebody virtually, p- more power to you. You guys are the ones that are going to help kind of create that continuity. And um, at, at the point in time when you're able to go back into the office, you will still feel connected and not like you have to build those relationships from start. So if you've been doing it, kudos to you. If you haven't been doing that, it's not too late to start. We're still working from home. Reach out to somebody that you work with. Have a coffee with them. Have a happy hour with them at the end of the day. If they're super busy, maybe you have breakfast coffee with them or you grab lunch with them or something like that but make time for them you will feel really good about it but they will feel really good about it as well because we're all looking for that connection right now carol that's so funny that you mentioned that um in one of our culture talks we gave at our clients the other week that call to action or the homework was to reach out to one connection that they had let go lax over the last months or year and reignite that. And that could have been as simple, like you said, as inviting them to a morning coffee or even just pinging them or texting them to just say, haven't talked to you in a while. How's it going? The cool thing was, is after everyone exercised on that, we got so much feedback. They're like, I had no idea that this person got married. Right. That this person had a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was really cool. And I just got all this feedback about all these cool things that were happening. And it was all just because all they did was send one message and they got all this, you know, rewarding behavior uh, that followed. It was cool. Well, and I would make sure that your manager is one of those people you reach out to. Because sometimes I think (laughs) as people, we think that if we're not talking to our teammate or a peer on, you know, uh, instant messaging tool or on their phone or via email or whatever, that they have just like powered down like a robot and they're sitting there doing nothing. Um, Imagine if your manager thought that about you, that would not be a good thing. So find ways to connect with not only your peers, but your managers. And this is a really great time 
to start networking with somebody maybe you've never connected with. We have some amazing tools out there like LinkedIn and other things that really help us stay connected socially and professionally. And maybe this is a great time to reach out to somebody maybe outside your own social circle to say, hey, I've always wondered what you've done. I would love to connect with you and have a virtual coffee and talk about that. Um, Because you never know, that might be just an opportunity as we're looking to accelerate opportunities into the future. That might be an opportunity for you or your organization or for their organization. Wow. Any last words, Carol or Gus? I think it's an exciting time. I think it's all about your perspective and your attitude going into it. And those who have the positive attitude and the perspective that there are opportunities here and we're going to find a way through a little bit of the chaos that remains and find ways to move forward into the future are going to be very successful. I like to talk about the organization. Be be the person that you want to interact with at the organization. Everyone is looking for everyone else to make their jobs easier Be the change that you want to see in others, and it's contagious. Yep. Preach. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) That's my life motto, Gus. Another gold star. Oh, thank you. I won't have to stay after class today. This is amazing. You won't. Maybe Carol, but not you. So I want to say thank you, Carol and Gus, for your expertise. This was a really fun discussion today. And thank you, Stu, David, Paresh, for all of your hard work on this series. We couldn't have done it without without all of you. So finally, I want to thank all of you listeners for sticking with us through this multi-part series. And please be on the lookout for future episodes of the Digineer Presents podcast and webinar series. Be well and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Digineer Presents, brought to you by Digineer. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and look for Digineer and all those social media platforms. We look forward to hearing from you.